Yo. You, you, you are now listening to the smoking section. Oh, yeah. Or you'll find hot topics. And fire conversations. Keep it locked. Hear me? Um, so we're live here in the smoking section. Goliath, my dear bro, thank you so much for coming on the show, bro. Thank you so definitely. much. Definitely. Definitely. Um, as it's you my see, pleasure, I, man. Dude, like, as you see, bro, like, when I usually do these things, I just like to hop fucking right in. I just boogie, yeah. boogie down. Um, so for anybody who's watching, though, who might not know who you are or what you do, um, please give them just, like, a real quick, like, five, like, a little little, little five-minute run-through of your life, and then we can kind of jump into it, get more in-depth. Okay. Um, so my name is Goliath. I'm a crump dancer. That's where it's all, all this stuff starts. Um, I've been dancing since the beginning of Crump. Um, I actually was a clown dancer before that, um, going to Battle Zones and with Tommy and all that type of stuff. So I've been doing this for as long as you, I guess you could be doing it for. Um, and I've grown up in this community, being a big homie, uh, working with a lot of different dancers, building myself, um, like the being around the creators and like the OGs and all that type of stuff and just kind of going through this world. Um, and through that, it's led me to where I am now. And where I am now is I run my own business. Um, I'm a life coach. Um, it's called Goliath Coaches hmm. and um, com. And um, I just, through all the things that I've learned and going through the certification program, um, with everything that I've learned, I've just gotten to a point to now where I want to give back and help people be become the best version of themselves. So that's where my focus is now is just helping people get to their best, reaching their potential. And it's kind of like being a big homie uh, for regular people versus for crumpers. Mm-hmm. So, cause so for people, so, so for people who don't know, like in crump, we have things called big homies. Yes. Right? And big homies are the mentors and they're the guides to try to kind of take people through that journey, you know? Yeah. Um, so for you, what, what has been some of the roles or some of the messaging that you've implied as a big homie in Crump that you're also translating over to your program? It's funny that you say that. The, I would say the, the biggest thing is being present. Hmm. Like in Crump, you can't be thinking about your next battle or the next move or, you know, any, you have to be present. You have to be in the moment that you're in. You have to be present. And when you're truly present like that in Crump, you're able to affect everybody in a specific way, whatever way that you're looking for, you're able to affect people. And a lot of times you affect, uh, affect people in a way that you don't even recognize that you're doing. And that's probably the biggest thing that I've taken from Crump to my coaching practice is helping people be present and just in this moment and not thinking about 10 minutes ago or 10 minutes from now, like be here right now, doing what you're doing right now, putting all your time, effort and energy into what is happening now. Hmm. Yeah. I think that's, that's even very meditative just to hear like being present in the moment, you know, I, cause the present is always a fleeting moment, you know, so yeah. it's always, as it's happening, it's passing. So if you're not present, yes. like, where, where are you in this whole thing? Exactly. And it's the only thing that we have. 
Like, mm-hmm. like yesterday is not real. Tomorrow is not real either. Like, we don't have that time. We don't have yesterday. Yesterday is gone. You will never be able to repeat yesterday. And you can't be in tomorrow until it's today. So there's no point in living in the future, living in the past, because it's not real. The only thing that we have where we can affect anything that's going on in our life is this moment right now as a present. So. So even as, you know, even as a dancer, we're always creative, you know, and so what I think for dancers and artists, I think to start a business is only right, you know, because it's creating something, it's bringing birth to something. And so what made you, what gave you, what gave you that inspiration to make that leap into that, into that frontier? Um, okay. So I'll, I've been kind of running businesses, <laughs> um, that, that I've been passionate about since I was like 18. I tried this thing and then I tried this thing and then I tried this thing until I got to the thing that I, I feel like I'm best at, um, but I look at, you know, I saw my mom work a lot, you know, and I saw her not be around the family a lot because she was working so much. I saw my dad work a lot. I saw that we had babysitters and we were always at family's house and all those different things, me and my sister. And, you know, I have two sons now, I have a nine-year-old and a three-year-old and, um, through the pandemic, it really gave everybody an opportunity to slow down and really look at the landscape of what it is. And um, when that happened, it made me understand what's really important. You know, my fiance and my two sons and being able to spend real time with them um, is what's really important. And if I have to hustle a little harder um, so that I can have that free time, I'd much rather have that free time that I can, do as I please with versus having to abide by rules that I end up spending more time at this job than I do at home with my family. Mm-hmm. So once I went, once we went through the pandemic, it really changed a lot for me. I was already doing it, but it really turned the fire up and, and made me want to commit full time to doing this. Man. Yeah. I mean, I'm, congratulations to just being a father and a fiance. That's, that's a lot taken on, man. That's a lot of responsibility. I'm a a dad myself. Um, And yeah, you know, for me, this is the whole, the whole passion behind all this. You know, I, I like to talk, you know, that's always my thing. I like to ask questions. Um, And so if I'm able to do something with this and if this is something where I got to hustle a little harder on the side, then, Hey. More than one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Once you once you find your passion, you stop working. Yeah. What's the saying is is like uh when you do what you love, you never work a day in your life. Type it's, of type of film. Oh. My man, looks like I've lost him. Some people who are here live. We're gonna have to see what's gonna happen here. Hopefully he gets back in. Let's see what happens. Oh, Sylvester. You still in here, Sylvester? My dog, my main man. Oh, we got him back. We got him back. I just ah, got you back. Yeah, kick me out. I don't know why. Kick me out. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know what happened there, dude. But it's uh, all good. Yeah, I got my man Sylvester in here watching the stream. 
Goliath spec. Um, dude, where were we? We were just saying, um, you never, you, you don't have to work a day in your life once you find oh, your passion. Yeah, when you find your passion, dude. And even like this, like, you know, whether it's podcasting, you know, and I, I own my own clothing brand, you know, and dance as well. Like, whatever people chase, like, I really try to, I really try to support it, dude. So I, I was really, I was really happy that you were down to come and be on the podcast, man. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Um, but I did, I did also want to kind of, kind of get a little bit of your backstory here, bud. Um, I'm, I'm a very, I'm a very, very hungry student of Crump and I, okay. I admire great dancers. So for you as a dancer, what was it that like, that got you in it? Cause there's people like, we all know people who kind of, you know, dabble into this and they dabble into that, but you were somebody who like, who did it. And you even said like, you were a clowner before, like, what was it? Like, was there a, was there a, a moment like, you know, that stands out where it was like, yo, I'm finna do this crump, this crump shit. All right. Check this out. I got it. So, um, I was in high school, I was a senior in high school and there was a girl that used to sit across from me. Um, I was a, I think she was a freshman. I was a senior and I used to watch her feet every, we had, um, we were in Spanish class together. Her name was Dana and I used to watch her feet and she was heel towing. And I was and I was a really good seawalker, but I was watching the heel tone. I was like, "That is different." This is two thousand one, right? And I'm like, "That is different." So I graduated two thousand two. This is like the right at the beginning of two thousand one. So I'm watching her feet, and I'm like, "What is she doing?" I don't get it. So I every day I went home and I would try to practice that heel tone. Mm. And then one day I I kind of figured it out, and then I walked up to her and I was like, "Yo, what what are you doing?" And she was like, "It's called a heel toe." And then I did it in front of her because I had been watching and learned and practiced. So um, she was a part of a group, a clown dancing group called Steady Clowning. Mm. So then she was like, "Yo, you should come out with us, come to the park, um, and we practice at the park." So I went to the park and I started learning how to clown dance, um, and then. Later on, right when I graduated high school, uh, Tommy came to my high school oh. in, in Palmdale. So I went to Highland High School. Tommy came to my high school. And it was a year after I graduated. I had already been clown dancing. I went to Battle Zone once. But then Miho, Lil C, uh, man, it was a bunch of them. Prissy didn't come. But it was a bunch of them. And Chaz wasn't there either. But they came to my high school. And they were all dancing. And right when I saw them up close, I was like, this is it. Like, mm-hmm. this is what I want to do. So that's another reason why, like, people talk about they've been crump dancing since 2099. It's like, no, it's not possible. Because Miho was still serving. He was still from Tommy in 2001. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Miho and Chess. So... Mm-hmm. Crump didn't really kick off until the end of 2001, and it kind of started changing 2002. Mm-hmm. Um, so when I saw that, I wanted to be a part of it. So then I I don't know how I got connected with Lil C, but me and Lil C was real cool, and I started going down to L.A. and hanging out with him, and we would go to these different clubs. There's this club called the 212. We would go to all these different clubs in L.A. And then, um, well, I, I'm, I'm not going to act like we went a thousand times. We went a few times. Mm-hmm. And then um, we went to one two twelve, and that's where I saw 
like the whole crump like movement together and it was just transitioning from clown in the crump and i never forget they were all in a corner and it was this big like mansion uh or like i'm sorry this big building and it had two stories and we were on the second story and it was all the way in the corner and i just saw a group and i just saw yelling and i walked over to it and miho was in the center of the group going nuts and i was like oh no this is it i can't i will not clown another day in my life this is what i'm doing and from then on it's like, and Miho was a big dude. He had long hair. I had long hair. And he was like 6'1", 6'2", maybe about 6'1", six, 6'0". Six but he's a bigger dude. And he was really big then because he was about to go to college, about mm-hmm. to go off for of football. Um, and I was like, yo, I got to, that's, that's where I'm at. Man, that's just to think, you know, it was 2008 when I first saw Crumping. Um, I understand. I, I remember, like, I remember the first time my sister walked in the room, and be like, "Yo, like, have you ever seen this? Like, this is crazy." Yeah. And so, just to think that back then, though, you were already you were already in there. And yeah. So by the time I come, it's damn near a decade later. So that's okay. it's just it's just really crazy to to really think that y'all y'all were really really out there and like how old? So you were just graduating high school, so like eighteen, yeah. eighteen. I was 18. Yeah, when I started when I started serving, I was 17, 16. No, I was 17 when I started serving. I didn't have like a long serve career. I was a seawalker all before that and popping. So I would pop and seawalk um, before that. And then um, once I got into clowning, then I just kind of mixed everything together. And then I got into crump and um, and I started just pushing that. And, and that was at 18. And I think the reason why my style uh, got a lot of notoriety, because like during that time, like not, I don't want to compare, but like during that time, it was like, there was, it was leveled kind of like how it is now, Mm -hmm. Um, but it was different because everybody kind of brought something different to Crump. And what I brought was, I was kind of, um, really stiff with my movements. So my crump back then is more like crump today than it was like crump then. Mm -hmm. So I looked different because I was a popper. I came from popping. So I would lock my body up a lot and I would hit really hard and I would use my size. Um, But I still had the speed for crump. So I looked different. I looked kind of like new crump is. I look like how crump is now. And because I looked so different, there was only a few of us that kind of looked like like that. Trouble was another one that kind of looked like that. Um, and the OG Trouble, old Trouble, not the Troublemaker now. OG Trouble, I was from Cartoon Family. Um, and there was only a few of us that looked like that. So the people that looked like that got, got a little bit of love because we looked so different. Hmm. See, and that's just to even think like throughout dance, there's so much... Like there's so many different styles and then there's styles inside of those styles. Yeah. You know, and like, you know, Cage, you know, where where Rascal had the monster style. Like, you know, what I'm yes. and then all these different things. Like there's still people, new people now, you know, who are trying to trying to develop new styles out of everything that's already like around. Yeah. And uh, it's so it's so Dan Crump is so weird. It's so different because 
like from the crump that I grew up in and the crump today. Because back then, like if you were a little homie to somebody and you look just like them, they dissed you. Hmm. It's like, oh, you just look like your big homie. Like, who are you, though? Uh, and, and now, the closer you look to the your big homie, the better you are. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? But then it wasn't like that. It was like, okay, you're a Goliath. That's cool. But what do you bring to the Goliaths? You can't just look like him. Like, if you just look like him, then we don't care about your, your dancing. You have to look like, you have to be able to look like that style, but still bring a very distinct individuality to that. And that's just, that's that's like replicating somebody's style now is what's more important than mm-hmm. having that originality. Cause you got talked about if you just looked like your big homie, it wasn't okay. The first one that really just looked like their big homie that we were like, Oh, okay. Was uh Mickey was the old J type. Oh, yeah. Like the first J he was the first one that looked just like Chess. And we're like, yo, he looks just like Chess, but he still had his own little thing. And then because he got talked about for looking just like Chess so often, he ended up creating Mob. They created Mob and created their whole underground style. That was all because they looked like Chess and they didn't want to just look like Chess. Mm-hmm. Like they, that, that wasn't okay. That wasn't enough. And then the closer he got to looking like Chess, the more he fought against it and the more he went into the direction of mob. Mm. I never knew that. That is crazy. Yeah. It's different. Yeah, because there was, I even remember watching some of those videos back then and I would be confused watching like, wait, is that the dude yeah. Tide or is that, is that, is that Tide? Because they did right. a lot of like, dude, that was so crazy. Yeah. Uh, what would you have to say but what would you have to say is probably one of your favorite crump moments? Like besides the besides the initial, besides the first laying your eyes on it, what would be like your number your number one, two, and three moments? Okay. Um I would say one of the moments that has been cemented into my brain the longest is I was at Mama Toon House. Hmm. And we watched Chez dance to the whole 50 Cent Get Rich or Die Trying album. <laughs> he started at the beginning and changed his style to every song. And he danced to the entire album. And we sat there and watched this fool dance to the entire album. That's probably the one of the biggest moments I can remember. And I was just like, oh my God, this is amazing going to mama Toon house was always amazing like it was just it was cool man and seeing all those people that are like the older crowd now that were at mama Toon house like me and little pico well i'm sorry he's, he's big pico but i know him as little pico because he was tan pico was a really tall dude and the tan pico that we know now um was the little homie to the big tan Pico that got killed. So um Lil Pico, which is now Big Pico, I knew him through going to this club and um called Club Soda on 54th and Crenshaw. And we were always a 56, something like that. 
and we were always there. And I used to battle him all the time before I even knew Chez and Miho and all of them cast. I used to just see him there. And me and him would always battle. He would he'd be there. This dude named Bones would be there. Um, a big Tampico would be there. It would be a bunch of dancers there. And we would be there all the time. So, like, that would probably be my number two would be going to those um, those events. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think my number three is a tie. And it's a battle of mine. Mm-hmm. It's either my battle versus Slayer that I went crazy on in Victorville. Um, I killed him off. He knows it. Slayer, stop playing with me. <laughs> um, or it's the battle um, versus Chess at Mama's Smooth House. Well, we battled like seven rounds. And I won four out of seven rounds. He will not admit it to this day. Chess admitted. Admitted. Took your first L from Goliath, bro. Your first mm-hmm. and only real L. You took it from me. So, um, but that was that was probably my craziest battle because I had just got to a certain level and I was ready. I had battled him so many. I bat- That was probably our fourth battle. And he beat me every time. Mm-hmm. He beat me every time. He beat me one time really bad on video. Like it was really bad. He was he was killing. Me. And every time we battled, it was like he would he would come. People don't understand, man. Chez would come to Lancaster. He'd meet up with J Tight or LT or one of them. And he'd come to Lancaster and he'd go, call Goliath. Where's Goliath? I need a battle, Goliath. Where's Goliath? That's all he would say. And then they would call me. J Tight, because J Tight was like my like, like we, it was a really tight knit group in Palmdale, Lancaster area. And J Tight would call me and be like, "Yo, bro, I'm with Chess. You want them rounds?" I'm like, "Bro, I'm at work." He's like, "You're gonna be here when you get off of work." I'm like, "All right, I get off of work." I used to keep Timberlands in my trunk, and I would keep like a, a just a different shirt, and I'd have on like work slacks. Throw on some Tims, throw on a shirt, and I'll be going wherever Chess is at. I'm like, I gotta get this battle in. Let's go. That's too funny. Ridiculous. So, that's, the, the, that's 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 super epic, man. Just to think, like, you know, this was this was young tie dye. Like, this was like young. Like he's young. Like he was. So, yeah. So he like he's he's still great now. But just to think that he was pulling up places and, you know, the footage is one thing, but I could just imagine all the times off footage, you know, like the, yeah. the 50 Cent album moment. Like I could just, yeah. like, just being, being a part of that, being around that is, is especially to see where it's gone now. Yeah. And, you know, what does that make you feel to think that, you know, people, so for people who don't know, Mama Toon, um, well, you, you explain, can you explain to people who Mama, like somebody like who Mama Toon is? Mama Tune is like our modern, is like the old school Valerie. So Val is like Crump Mom. Mm-hmm. And that's a good, that's a good term, Crump Mom. You, you know what I'm saying? And Mama Tune, there was a few of them, but Mama Tune was one of those centerpieces where she opened her home for a bunch of Crumpers. It was always Crumpers at her house. And she lived on a Prill and Rosecrans right in the middle of the hood. And we used to be right there in the middle of the hood at Mama Thune house getting off. Uh, and she was just like, she was always welcoming. 
She was always cool. She was always talking to everybody. Mama Toon was cool. So it was people like that that really provided an opportunity because we was just dancing in the street. Like the police was just breaking up our sessions. We'd just be dancing in the street, dancing somewhere until people started, until we started using garages and living rooms. But we was just really in the street. You know what I'm saying? With little speakers trying to make it happen. Um, but, you know, people like that started opening doors for us. And then and then not only opening doors, opening their doors, but then like empowering us with knowledge and understanding so that we can kind of open some doors for ourselves and start moving in that direction. Because a lot of us either come from broken homes or we come from environments where um, a lot of our parents weren't able to be there because the struggle was real. You know what I mean? Damn right. Jesus. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. So. And, and like, even being a dad now, I can only, like, my son ever come home and be like, Dad, there's going to be like 10 of us in the garage hanging out and dancing to music. I'm like, no, you better get your <laughs> ass up out of here. Like, but I mean, but being a dancer now, it's like, I understand, like, all right, sure. Like, you yeah. know, tell them be quiet, fucking don't break nothing, whatever. And, you know, Mama yeah. Tune, like, people like her doing that for the community of a bunch of kids, just, you know, young, young guys, you know. So how does it, how does it make you feel now looking at the community to see how far it's, how far it's gotten now? Wait, say that again. How, how far it's gotten now? Yeah. So, so from, from being in, the living room at Mamba Tune's house, like yes. from there to where it's at now on a global scale. Like looking at it, how does it make you feel to see to see how it's grown and to see the places it's reached? Bro, probably about three years ago, me and Crush both got booked in Texas. And we're in Dallas. And I walk up to him and I go, Do you believe this shit, bro? He goes, I do not. I still don't know how to wrap my head around it. Like, I don't understand how this dance that we did in living rooms that we did with each other has grown to to where people all over the world will inbox me and send me footage or ask me questions. And then it gives me the opportunity to do what I do and talk to them in a certain way to try to mentor or to try to coach and help and help their development through inside and outside of dance. Like the thing that I, that I've always done is my little homies were like my little brothers. So I've been kind of coaching my whole life. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I, I was, I had, I had a little homie that was a girl and she didn't even want to go to school in the morning and her mom would call me. It'd be like Goliath. She, I'm not gonna say her name, so I ain't gonna embarrass her. But her mom would call me and be like, Goliath, she don't want to go to school. And I, and I would get on the phone with her, or I would pull up. I would pull up to her house. She'd be in her bed sleep. Her mom would open the door. I walk in the room, walk into her room, and be like, bro, what we doing? She wake up, man. She called you, be like, yes, let's go. What are we doing? Get up, get ready. I'll drop you off and I'm going back home. Like, what are we doing? And it was those type of things where, like, my little homies, like, if you go, I would come pick them up. I'd make sure everybody was fed because I always worked. I worked since I was 17. I always had a job. So I would make sure people were fed. 
I would, if they needed something, I'd try to do it for them. If they had any problems, I would try to deal with that on the, on the other side. And I was just there trying to help coach them. So it, it almost feels like as Crump has built to be a different version of what it was when we, when I first started doing it, I've kind of become a different version of who I am. And now instead of putting so much time into just the dance, it's more important to me to put a lot of the time into like helping develop the people that are inside and outside of the dance to help them become the best version of themselves. Because I think that's what Crump kind of helped me do. See, dude, and even, and even, you know, the little, the small chat that we had before, you know, and you sent me the link, like, dude, that was just to see it. Like I always, I always, like I was saying earlier, dude, like I always try to encourage people like, dude, especially if you're in dance, right? Like I, I, we all know what it takes to be like me and you, we know what it takes to be a dancer. One, like the hard work and the practice. But in that, if you're not building some other craft, or if you're not meeting people along the way who are showing you something like, Hey bro, like there's a better way, fam. Like we don't have, we don't have to do it this way. Like what are like, like you said, like, what are we, like, what are we doing here? What are we doing here, bro? Like, are we just meeting up and dancing or, or are we learning something? Like, are we really having an exchange or are we just bowing? You know what I mean? Like yeah. we're just dancing this fucking music, you know? Yeah. So to see that you're doing personal development, you know, and, and, and being able to help people in that manner you know, is, is like, that's, that's super powerful, bro. And I'm super thankful for that. And I'm thankful, you know, if I've never said it before and I don't say it enough is, is I'm thankful for you and everybody else who's came along and been able to show us lessons, you know, to, to give us something like this. That's, that's life. That's life, not only life changing, but it's lifelong. Like, you know what I mean? Like the friends that make and the lessons we learn, they're lifelong. Like, you know what I'm saying? And the thing is, is like Crump is, is a community of people from so many different walks of life. So you don't know who you're in the room with in a session. Mm-hmm. You don't know who you're talking to on a compass page for real. Mm-hmm. You think you know who you're talking to, but you don't really know who you're talking to for real. Like you could be talking to somebody that has the opportunity for you to get to the next level. So I, I understand getting caught up in crump and beef and all of that stuff. But we got to use some emotional intelligence. We got to keep ourselves to a certain level and a certain standard because this is a real community of people. This is like an underground world and people go to work. It's like it makes me think of V for Vendetta. You know, it's like people go to work every day and they're sitting at a desk, they're sitting in the cubicle or they're um, making deliveries. They're running um, companies, they're managing, they're in retail. They're in all these different walks of life and then they're all leaving and we're all showing up at a crump session together. Mm-hmm. Like we don't know what our days look like, what each other's lives really look like. We just know what the session looks like and what crump looks like. And we have to look at those things and then network within our means. Like we have each other here. Like this is the point. This was the reason why we did this. We did this to grow something that we could have. We have it now. So we have to use it. We have to use it to our benefit and connect with each other and understand what this is and see what he does and what she does and what she does and how we can connect those things to build ourselves to the next level. I've, I put on 
the Crumpers page, like we should pick somebody to all go follow. Like everybody should go follow one person. Everybody should go share one piece of footage. We should all have a community of, okay, we're going to sh- ruin had this crazy clip. Everybody, if you're a Crumper and you're in the Crumpers page, you have to share ruins footage. Like we can force Crump into the world the way that we want it. We have the ability to do that, but we're so worried about fighting over the pennies of notoriety because it's not, it's not currency, you know, mm-hmm. of no notoriety within our community that we're not looking at the fact that there's a whole world outside of our community that we could be affecting. Mm-hmm. And if we just put our time and our passion into things that are also, you know, strong for us, and important for us into the world, we can really make change and make a difference. Yeah, I think I think everyone is such on a really broad scheme. You know, broad. They want to they want to be here and over there. Where it's like, dude, you got to start at home. And you got to start. Yes. The fucking twenty people you hang out with most. Yes. Because those are the people <laughs> that you hang out with most. Yes. If, if if you're not hanging out with people who are kind of putting you in those positions, then you need to probably hang out with different people. And that's what makes yes. me very glad that you're somebody that has that, that has that in their head because that's somebody people should be hanging out with and, and people should definitely, definitely seek out more attention and, and definitely seek out your advice more, bro. Because if you're thinking that way, you know what I'm saying? Period. Then everything, anything you say is always geared for that, you know? And it's experience, man. And it's not, and I'm not like, I'm not trying to act like I'm like head honcho and I know everything, but I have almost 20 years of interpersonal relationships through dance. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So understand the experience that you're around when you're around certain people. When I'm around certain people that have been doing something, for instance, when I'm listening to, um, different people talk about coaching tactics or uh, personal development or motivation. I'm listening with a real ear because they have experience in that world. And I don't have to try to pick them off for me to become who I want to be. And Mm -hmm. in, in Crump, we don't understand that. You don't have to take somebody down for you to be who you want to be. Just be who you want to be, be in your lane. You can battle and then you could still edify the person that you battle. We could still have a positive community. Mm. It doesn't have to be, I killed him off, so F him, or when I'm not messing with him. Like, it doesn't have to be like that. It can be, it could still be a positive, uplifting community because when I battle chess, every time after we battle, we win an eight. Or we sat down and talked. Literally, at, right after the battle, we'd be both sitting down next to each other, sweating, laughing, and talking about the battle. You know what I mean? That's how it should be. That's how it should be. We have to start building community. We have to start building community. And that I, I feel like that's a part of my purpose. I really I want to give kudos also to people that I see are doing that. Like I want to I want to show love to Prissy. Because mm-hmm. Prissy has been really trying to be a part of and help reconstruct something. I want to show uh, reconstruct Crump. I want to show love 
to Chess, man. Chess has been really trying to put out positive things and like talk about his missteps um, and his experiences. You know, in Slayer, like Slayer's always biblically, biblically trying to bring that angle and being positive and still pursuing his dreams, his wrestling and his dreams. He's still doing that. You know, uh, Miho going off and getting into the industry and really pushing Crump that way. Lil C doing the same thing. Like the people that started this, the people that were at the very beginning are still putting time, energy, and effort into trying to bring something together that has been has been kind of torn up and has been torn up because it was hurt people trying to build something. Like it was a bunch of hurt young kids. We were just a bunch of kids. We didn't know what we were doing. We took bad advice. We followed the wrong people. We made a lot of mistakes. We hurt a lot of people, you know, unknowingly and some of us knowingly. But now we've gotten to a point to where everybody is an adult and we have kids and we want kids to be a part of our community. I don't take my kids to crump sessions. I don't take my kids to crump sessions because I don't. I don't really like the crump environment. I like the session. But the environment is is kind of weird. So. I'm not as confident in taking my kids to crump sessions. It's just a little wild. Yeah, it's it's always been hard for me to take to take my boy, you know, and it's generally the, you know, beast camp labs I'll take him, you know. But even yeah. it's, it's, you know, because we will have battles and stuff and sometimes I have guests. So I'm always I'm always cautious of guests. You know, the camp knows me. I'm like, I'm weird about that. I just like my friends. I don't yeah. guess or icky like to me. I, I'm, not, I'm not like that. <laughs> weird. I just want to be with my homies. Like, you know, so right, for real. I could be with the homies, but well, any, you know, whatever. But um, yeah, it's, it's, it's really, it's really, it's been really mind boggling to try to wrap my brain around the idea of that the, that the, the, the founding group, you know, is still there, still dancing. Yeah, they're not. They're not only still dancing, but they're still getting better, you know. Yes. And they're and it's just kind of it's kind of crazy to think that our style is still in a still in this really crazy point of the creators are are still doing it. They're still here. They're still innovating, and there's still growth. And it's already at a point of, you know, like Miho in the industry and Little C's been in the industry for forever. Chess yeah. his things. They've all done movies and music and all this stuff like. Yeah. So it's just, it's, it's interesting. It is, it is very well, interesting. I don't know. I don't, I don't, and maybe it's my ignorance. I don't know another dance style that was created by 16 year olds. Mm. Like it was created by 16 year olds, 16, 17, 18 year olds created the dance at that time. So, you know, almost 20 years later, 36, you know, it's like a 36, you're the beginning of a dance style and you're only 36 and it's been around for almost 20 years. Yeah. 
You know what I mean? So it's a really, di- we have a different dynamic over here. We have a different dynamic. And, you know, I think that I'm, to be honest with you, I don't know how much I battle again. I don't know how much I'm in a battling, but I still like dancing. And I, I can clearly, I, I feel like now I'm in the best shape that I've ever been in. Crazy. I'm in the best shape that I've ever been in now. And I could still dance. I dance actually better and longer and stronger and more consistent now than I did 15 years ago. So it it, it doesn't, like, if Chad said that he was going to be elite for the next 10 years, I'm not even going to bat an eye. Yes, you are. Yes, you're Mm -hmm. definitely going to be elite for the next 10 years. Like, I know you're going to be elite for the next 10 years. So it's like, it's just it's just a different dynamic in Chrome. It's just a different whole thing together. Yeah, it's, I'm I'm interested to see to like I'm I'm I am so happy I came in at the time I've came in. I'm so blessed with all this internet and people doing podcasts and we have online lessons. I feel very very spoiled when it comes to Crump. I recognize <laughs> that 150. Right. I recognize that. Sorry about it. But it's just like to think that there's still more levels to it. Like, like a lot of people are getting to a lot of Zoom classes and Zoom labs. Yeah, you know the camp does the fucking the beastcamp.com shameless plug. Um, the you know they have the online videos and yeah, know, and it's like in the district. You know, I want to I want to be able to show love to all these people. Like you know, there's there's just so many different groups though who are providing classes providing you know certain platforms that now more people can take advantage of yes kind of like what you were talking about like this mindset of you know working within your circles working with the yes. you know and and build each other up you know what i'm saying um dude we're coming close to the end and i want to yes, one sir. more time before we sign out i want to say thank you so much bro um, is there anything that you want to leave everybody who's watched, who will watch, because this will be up on YouTube and in the podcast, um, anything you want to sign off with them? Yeah, um, I think the most important thing that we could really do is it, two things. Uh, the first thing I want to say is the only thing that you can control on this earth is your own personal energy. Mm-hmm. Remember, the only thing that you can control on this earth is your own personal energy. You can't control anything or anyone else. So control what you can control, which is yourself. That's the thing that you need to control, right? <laughs> My man, that was a good one. That's good. So, That's gold. So the second thing uh, that is very important is create the plan and stick to the plan. It doesn't matter how you feel. Create the plan in sound mind and sound body and then stick to the plan. If we would just stick to what we say we're going to do, we can execute and we can make anything happen that we want to happen. Everything that we need to be anything that we want to be, we already have. And if we don't have it, we have the means to learn it. Mm-hmm. So create your plan and stick to your plan. And if you stick to your plan, whether you want to do it or not, it's going to be fruitful. But you got to stick to it. We give up too easy. We give up on ourselves. We can do it. If you could spend that time laughing and crumping, you could spend that time putting 
good, positive things into yourself to help create a better version of yourself tomorrow than you were today. My man, Goliath, dude, thank you so much. One more time, what's what's the website? www.goliathcoaches.com. And then I have my um, merchandise, which is geglife.com. My man, thank you so much, brother. I appreciate it, man. All right, everybody. See you guys next time.